are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, today I'm going to be speaking from, uh, let me see, i got to get over here again. There we go. Now, uh, I'm going to speak from Colossians chapter 4, verse 7 to 18. And this is the, the last uh, series in the series of messages that I'm doing on Colossians. I've entitled this one, Paul's Support Team. And so, beginning to read at uh, verse 7. Tychicus will give you a full report about how I am getting along. He is a beloved brother and faithful helper who serves with me in the work of the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. I am also sending Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one who one of your own. He and Tychicus will tell you everything that is happening here. Aristocrus, is, who is in prison with me, sends you his greetings. And so does Mark and Barnabas, Mark, Barnabas' cousin. As you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Justice also sends his greetings. These are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers they are working with me here for the kingdom of God, and what a comfort they have been. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. I am assured, I can assure you that he prays hard for you and also for the believers in Laodicea and Herpopolis. Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings, and so does Demas. Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters at Laodicea and, and to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. After you have read this letter, pass it on to the church at Laodicea so that they can read it too. And you should read their letter that I wrote to them. Say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting. Paul, remember my chains and may God's grace be with you. Father, just bless your word to our hearts today. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this is part of the epistle that very few bother to read. It's easy to assume that this is just a dull part of the book, just the closing, and we're not too sure if it even matters. But let me tell you, it really do. It really do matter. The close of Colossians is like a Greek, a Greek uh, uh, group photograph. It includes all the people who helped Paul in his ministry there. They have been making his ministry possible. He couldn't do it himself, and really nobody can. They were his support team. It has always been this way 
with growing churches. Without a support team, you just can't do it. We need people sold out to God, giving of their time and their talent and their things for his kingdom. These were Paul's support team. Successful hockey teams are strengthened by second and third lines. Successful churches are strengthened by dedicated people who say, I will do whatever I can for the extension of God's kingdom. The work of the ministry is teamwork. This is best illustrated in the function of a well-tuned choir. The music section working in harmony as a team, blessing the people and bringing glory to God. I have a video that I just want you to, to watch to illustrate teamwork in the music and the worship in a church.
Praise the Lord. That's teamwork. Amen? There are important lessons that we can glean from these verses. We're reminded of the need and the value of a support team. Paul fully utilized team ministry. Some Bible teachers suggest that he enlisted more than 30 full-time and part-time helpers, possibly more on his missionary journeys. So let's just take a, a quick look at some of Paul's team. These are the guys that he mentioned when he was in prison in Rome. And this is probably written when he was living in a house. They had him under house arrest. And so the first one is Tychicus. He's described as a beloved brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. It is very important to be faithful in ministry. As, pa as a pastor over the years, if I could get somebody who was faithful, who was committed, these are the people that I tried to pour my life into. When I ask somebody to do something and they quit halfway through the year, I'm not likely to ask them to do something again. If they're expected to be at a certain place at a certain time doing a certain thing, if I can count on them, then I know that we can, we can make progress. But a lot of times within the church, because most of the work that is done is volunteer work, people seem to treat it a little differently than they would if they're punching the clock on the job. But when we take the attitude that we're working for the Lord, then whether we are paid for it or whether we are volunteering our services, it is important to God. Most likely, he was converted, a, con a convert of, of the, and discipled by Paul. With many others, he shared the experience of salvation, and it transformed his life. Though each person in Paul's team filled a different role, the mission was, or the vision was the same, sharing the gospel and making disciples. This is what we've always tried to teach people, that when you see somebody coming to the Lord for the first time, they need somebody to help them. So often in our churches today, people come forward, they pray the sinner's prayer, and they go on and we never see them again. They're never in a Bible study. They're never in a, first, a beginner's class or anything like that. And it's hard for a, a baby Christian to grow if they're not getting fed with the Word of God. Just as it is hard for any little baby to grow if they're not getting nourishment, food, and milk, and, and, and advancing to, to stronger food as they, as they grow. By the way, we've had an addition to our church this week. Amen? Sarah and... Uh, uh, what? Rhea and Maria, yeah. 
Mark, Rhea and Mark. And what is the baby's name? Sophie Elizabeth. So I don't, would imagine they're not here today. I wouldn't be able to see anyway, looking from all those lights. But um, we praise God that our, our church is growing in different ways. Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother. We learn from, from the epistles to Philemon that Onesimus was a runaway slave. And uh, Paul got a hold of him, and he, and he began to serve the Lord. He got converted, and Paul sent him back to his master with a letter. And uh, basically, in a nice way, Paul told him that uh, he really should send him back to him because he, had, he could use him. But anyway, now, however, whatever happened there, he is now serving as a messenger for Paul. Aristarchus, he also had been a fellow traveler of Paul. He nearly lost his life in a riot in Ephesus. And he sailed with Paul to Rome. And now he was in Rome with Paul and sending greetings back to the Christians back there. Mark, the writer of the second gospel, the church in Jerusalem met in his mother's house. And I imagine that's where Mark became a born-again Christian. Started out with Paul and Barnabas on their first journey. But then he turned back. He didn't want to go any further, and, and Paul was a little upset over that. So the next time, next journey they were going on, Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas wanted to take Mark with him. And Paul said, no, I don't want Mark because he's, he's not faithful. He turned back, remember? So somewhere along the way, things changed. We find Paul writing in Timothy to send, those sons, send some different things to him to Rome. And he says also, send Mark because he's profitable to me. Justice. Little is known about this man except that he was a Jew and a fellow worker in the kingdom. Epaphras. He started the church in Colossae. And he was a fellow prisoner with Paul. Luke was the doctor, a fellow traveler with Paul on a number of his journeys. He was used by the Holy Spirit to write the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Demas, at the time Colossians and Philemon was written, Demas was a fellow laborer. But not long after, Paul writes of him and says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas serves as a sober reminder of the need to remain steadfast to the end. Matthew 10, 22, we read, All nations will hate you because you are my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. 
we can understand that scripture today more than ever before. There is a tremendous hate in the world for born-again Christians today. And we know that things are shaping up just as the Bible said it would. But just because people hate you, because you're a Christian, is no reason to give up. The Bible says that he who endures to the end will be saved. Successful growing churches are made up of teams. The gospel during the first century was accomplished through the efforts of great men like Paul and teams of devoted workers. Both the Old and the New Testament made use of teams to carry out the Lord's work. Moses had his 70 elders. Aaron had the Levites. Joshua had his 300 men. David had his mighty men. Jesus had his 12 disciples. And he sent out 12 two by two to share the gospel. And then he sent out at another time 70 two by two on short-term missions. He trained his disciples to continue teamwork. In the Great Commission, he said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey, to obey everything I have commanded you. He promised his presence to be with them to the very end. If the gospel is to spread today, there is also a need for support. There's a need for God's people to work in teams. The day of the Lone Ranger is over. But God wants people to band together as one person and work for him. People to do whatever we can for the Lord Jesus Christ, whatever it is, Great or small, every effort counts. There is nothing that is unimportant within the work of God. Colossians chapter 4, 17 says, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. I don't know what was going on with this man. But Paul made mention of him, and he says, I want you to tell him to take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. Whatever our calling, whatever our ability, whatever our talents and spiritual gifts, we need to faithfully use it for the Lord's work. Paul captures the essence of team, teamwork in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He's addressing the people because they're getting their eyes off the Lord and onto the leaders. Some are followers of Paul and some are followers of Apollos. And it's causing quite a stir. The church is getting to a point of Splitting because they are favoring one person over the other. And so Paul addresses this and he says, 
After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. You can look at different people. You can go to different churches and, and listen to different preachers, different pastors, different evangelists. And there's something that you like or dislike about everyone. You see, everyone is an individual. We are different. We're made up differently. And so God uses each one that gives themselves to God's service. He said, I planted the seed in your heart, and Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. That's the important thing. Our job is to, to water, to sow seed, to water seed, and God makes it grow. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. So you say, I belong to Colette Community Church. Someone else says, I belong to, to a Community Baptist Church, and I belong to uh, the Alliance Church Grand Center. I belong to the Alliance Church North. I belong to Harvest Life. I belong to the Lutheran Church. But do you know something? The Church of Jesus Christ in Cold Lake is working together for the same purpose. We want to see souls saved. We want to see people growing in the Lord and sharing their faith with others, excited about what God has done in their life. And he says both will be rewarded for their own hard work. He goes on to say that we are co-workers with God. And so when the Bible talks about the field and the harvest field, it's talking about people who do not yet know the Lord. That is the harvest, is sharing our faith. And you may share your faith to a hundred people, and not one person will be interested. But that hundred and one person, that, that next person that you share your faith with, and they expresses a desire to have a relationship with Christ, and you can win them to the Lord. That's worth it all. Every soul counts with the Lord. And sometimes we, we look at the big picture, and unless something big is happening, unless people are getting saved by the hundreds, unless people are getting healed by the hundreds, we feel that we're not accomplishing anything. But we need to focus in on the fact that God prepares us to minister to people. And when there's an opportunity, the person that you meet that is in need, that is your neighbor. It's not necessarily the man or the woman who lives next door to you. It is the person that is in need that God puts in your pathway that you have an opportunity to share. I'm going to conclude. You're surprised, I know, but even my conclusion is not very long today. 
A team must continue to be united in purpose, year in and year out. One vision, one goal, one purpose. We need to be continually growing. More people coming in than going out. And never was that any more true than it is in Coal Lake, right? More baptisms in water. More baptisms in the Holy Spirit. More small groups. More Bible studies. When Pastor Lance cast the vision for his church, listen closely. I want you to hear his heart. Make yourself available for service and stay the course. Commit to doing something for God this, this coming fall and winter. I'm excited about what God is leading us to in the future. We have been preparing this summer, the staff, the board, getting ready for what's coming down the pipe in the, in, in the fall. This economic downturn hasn't come as a surprise to God. You know that. He tarries in years of plenty, and he performs miracles in years of famine. That's the God we serve. We need to understand that although God gives visions and dreams and prophecies, there's usually a waiting period. I'm reminded of Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. God says the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. There have been prophecies given over this place. There's been dreams, there's been visions. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. Don't get impatient. At the beginning of this message, I ran a clip of an orchestra with a choir to illustrate the working of a team. And sometimes you say, well, if we only had this resource, if we could only afford to do this, then things would be okay. No, no, no. When you're doing the Lord's work with what the Lord has provided, you've got plenty to succeed. Amen? As we close today, I want you to hear another choir singing the same song, but this time without music. It's the Soweto Gospel Choir from South Africa. And as I listened to it, I was just blessed, and I'm sure you will be as well. The same excellence of finely tuned teamwork is present but I sense a greater anointing. And as this song goes through, just close your eyes and listen to the Holy Spirit. See what he will speak to you today. During this song, the altar will be open.
and you may come at any time for prayer. Don't wait till the music is over. Just come as you feel the Lord leading you. Do you want to know Jesus today? Do you know him as your personal Savior? Do you want to know him? Come up, talk with me. While the music is playing, we'll pray together, and I'll introduce you to Jesus. Have you been straying away? Are you living the life you should be living today, or are you just going through the motions? Come up, let's talk about it. Do you need employment? Do you need healing? Do you need restoration in your marriage, in relationships? Do you need spiritual restoration? Are you fighting with addictions? Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Maybe you want to get back on the team. Maybe you served for a while and you got weary in well-doing. And you realize that you need to get back on the team. Let's talk about it. Folks, we've got to prepare now for what God is going to do in the future. And just because it's summer doesn't mean we can just let things slide. Amen? Listen with all your heart as we hear this song. This is not a video, it's just a is just a, a uh, audio, but I believe it's going to bless your heart. So just close your eyes and listen, and if you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you to come forward for prayer this morning, and those of you who are prayer warriors, you see someone coming, you can come and help pray with them, okay? We're a team, remember? We're a team. If you've got giftings, you should use your gifts. Lord bless you.
We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.